The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 27th College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, the Guadalupe's Mexican Grill kickoff with your host, Phil Houck. Nine national championships have been won there. 166 All-Americans and seven Heisman Trophy winners have played there. Newt Rockney got it built, and he coached there. And this week, the 500th game in its history will be played there. Its iconic views of the Golden Dome and Touchdown Jesus are staples of college football lore. It's a magical place simply known as Notre Dame Stadium. The first game played there was on October 4th, 1930. That day, Jumpin' Joe Savaldi ran a kickoff back 98 yards, and the Irish beat SMU 20-14. The 100th game was played on opening day 1954, and 25-year-old Terry Brennan made his debut as ND's head coach. Behind the sparkling two-way play of quarterback safety Ralph Gujalimi that day, ND shut out Texas 21-0. The 200th game was played on Thanksgiving Day 1973, and Air Force was the opponent. The Irish, en route to a national championship that season, were led by two Eric Pennock TD runs and moved their season record to 9-0 by a score of 48-15. Game 300 in 1991 came during Lou Holtz's reign and was a heartbreaking loss to Tennessee. When a last-second 27-yard field goal attempt that would have won the game was blocked. The final... 34 to 35. Game 400 was on opening day 2008. Charlie Weiss was at the helm, and Jimmy Clausen threw TD passes to Golden Tate, Michael Floyd, and David Grimes, and the Irish held on to defeat San Diego State 21 to 13. And that brings us to Game 500. This week, it's Senior Day, and a 7-3 ND team is looking to right their ship after suffering a tough loss on the road at Clemson. And what better place to get that done than in the confines of one of the most iconic and magical sports venues in all the world, Notre Dame Stadium. Guadalupe's Mexican Grill, now with locations on Illinois, Leo and DuPont Roads, and in Georgetown Square. Guadalupe's food made fresh. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight. From America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Flight by Yingling, 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. It's the next generation of light beer. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values, which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning, the full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! 
Light by Yingling. It's the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling. Available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Well, Tim Priester, 500th game in the stadium this week. And you've covered games and stadiums all over the place. I know that. How does Notre Dame Stadium stack up compared to the others? Uh, what do you mean by compared, Phil? Well, uh, I happen to think Notre Dame Stadium is one of the nicer stadiums that okay. we go to. I, I, I didn't yeah. know if you meant crowd. Yeah. I mean, as far as Good question. Nicer, yeah. yeah, I mean, as far as nicer stadiums, I, I mean, I think it's – I think it's pretty state of the art. I, I still think Aviva Stadium in in Dublin is the is the the prettiest of of the ones that we've been to, and you know they're tougher places to play than Notre Dame. We all know that Georgia's Georgia's incredible. Um, you know Tennessee is spectacular. There there are places we've been, but I think when you combine the history of Notre Dame, the campus, the atmosphere. I think when you add it all up, North Dame Stadium stacks up pretty well. Yeah, it 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 really does. The uh, the four hundred and fifty million dollars they put into it in the Crossroads project, uh, also the renovation that was done in the late nineties. They it's fabulous. I think the way they preserved the integrity and the beauty of the original stadium, but modernized it and really have turned it into an outstanding facility. Uh, Tim, let's start this conversation off today and talk about Sam Hartman. After four games, Sam Hartman, he was a Heisman Trophy candidate. We talked about it on this show. Remember that? He was a 71% passer through four games, 58% since. Uh, No interceptions and 13 TD passes through four games. In the six games since, seven interceptions, just five TDs. Tim, in his last few appearances, he doesn't seem to to me to be really dialed in. I, I I can't believe it is just better defenses, although he's definitely faced better defenses. Is it possible that all that massive fame that uh, hit him uh, early in the season came on too big and too fast and that, you know, maybe that's affected his play? I, I really don't think that that's what it is, Phil, to, to, to be honest with you. I, I think it's a I think it's a combination. Of, I would agree that I that I think he his focus has has not been there uh, every step of the way. I think that he's dealing with a, a, an offense and an offensive play calling system that can get overly one dimensional with the running game. And then if you look at the, the, the wide receiver core, the percentage of, you know, uh, Chris Tyree has caught 72% of the passes thrown his way. Tobias Merriweather has caught 40% of the passes thrown his way. Is, is Sam Hartman throwing the football differently to Chris Tyree or is, or is Tobias Merriweather not doing a very good job of catching the football? I, I you know, I think it's, I think it's a combination of things. I, I, I think that he's been dealt kind of a bad hand. I, I do believe that he contributed to it against Clemson. There's no doubt about that. I don't think it has anything to do with fame or, or anything like that. I just, it's not been a great situation. And I think it starts with, uh, um, you know, his, his lack of, of weapons at the wide receiver core. And he lost Mitchell Evans, who was always a great safety bell for him. Yeah, a big, big loss there. And, 
you know, and as always, it, it's a variety of things that have occurred here that have caused him uh, his play to not be as good as it was through the first four games. But here's the next step in this question, and it gets to this week. How does he respond to going against his old teammates? How do they respond? And are there any tactical advantages ND has here regarding Sam Hartman's familiarity with Wake Forest's uh, slow mesh offense? Uh, you know, maybe. I, but I kind of think that Wake Forest has a has a book on Sam Hartman. You know, <laughs> right. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm not sure, Phil. I, I mean, I think that goes both ways, but I, I, you know, I have to admit that I, you know, from a Notre Dame perspective, I think there's a little concern that his head isn't right where it needs to be to take on, I mean, a, a, a program that he spent five, five years in. I'm not exactly sure how he's going to react. Well, I understand, though, that uh, J.D. Bertrand and also Al Golden spent some time with Sam to learn some of the intricacies of that offense uh, in the last week. And uh, that sounds like a really good idea in the last two weeks because they've had a lot of time to prepare, and that makes a lot of sense. So that's an advantage, uh, but true. There's no doubt that Wake Forest's DBs are going to be familiar with the way Sam Hartman plays just from all the practice they've done against him. Um, okay, so facts are facts. Three losses. So a lot of the rest of this first segment is we're going to be devoting it to the future, uh, not necessarily what's going on this year. Senior day. And according to Marcus Freeman, 31 are going to take that walk pregame, but they're not all going to leave. Now, uh, not seniors, but we, we're pretty sure they'll leave. Joe Alt, Audric Estime, we assume they're going to be gone. But a lot of players in that group of 31 may or may not be gone. There's going to be some decisions to make. Uh, who are some of the key players that will have decisions to make? Well, I think, yeah, Joe Alt and Audric Estime are, are going to turn pro. I, and I, where I think the difficult decisions come uh, are – Chris Tyree, does he want another year in college to learn how to play wide receiver, or does he want to just go for it in the NFL? Uh, Howard Croft has another year of eligibility. I'm not sure what more he can do in college, but Notre Dame sure would love to have him back for a fifth year. Um, how about Riley you know, Mills? Got, Riley Xavier, Mills. Xavier, Riley Mills, I, I'm sure will ask for an NFL evaluation, as will Xavier Watts. Um I think Blake Fisher would be wise to come back for a, a, another year, at least another year. Uh, but I, but I'm sure that he has an eye on the NFL and is is wondering if he can get an evaluation as well. Maris Leofau uh, might be a guy uh, as well. So, I mean, there there are a lot of guys here. Uh, Jack Kaiser, JD Bertrand, they could come back. Right. I don't think that they will. Uh, but you know, if Notre Dame. Uh, is a little bit fortunate here, and some guys want to earn a master's or stick around and earn some more NIL money that would that might be better than what would certainly would be guaranteed from the NFL. Um, you know, these things can go in Notre Dame's direction. There's a lot of decisions to be made, and um, those are most of the players that we're looking at. Uh, you know, I think Mitchell Evans would have had a decision, but with the ACL injury, I'm sure he. He uh, sticks around for another year. Yeah, that NIL money really changes the calculation now because, uh, you know, if you if your chances are marginal to make it in the NFL, 
why not stay and make some money in college for one more year and maybe up your stock? All right, let's continue with the roster makeup for next season a little bit. And I want to talk about the offensive line with Joe Alt heading to the NFL and maybe Zeke Corral. That's another name we can talk about. Um, but there's lots of promise in young players. Tim, what does the offensive line look like in 2024 and beyond? Give us an assessment of that. Yeah, well, Joe Alt will go to the NFL. Um, <clears throat> I think Notre Dame is ready to turn the page at center and go with Ashton Craig, who will be starting this week in place of uh, of Zeke Corral, who is in concussion protocol. So I think those are those are the two spots that need to be filled. The problem is they're they're very guard heavy right now. When you when you include Rocco Spindler, who by the way was a was an MCL, not an ACL, which is good news. Um, you know, you've got Craig at center. Billy Schrouth will start this weekend. They're just very guard-heavy right now. I mean, really, Blake Fisher's best position long-term is guard. So they're going to have to find some answers at tackle. Maybe they maybe they go out and get an experienced offensive tackle. That certainly wouldn't hurt. But, you know, there's guys that are – Charles Jagasa is the guy that they really like, a true freshman this year. Uh, Pat, you know, I didn't mention Pat Coogan. He's a starter. So they're, they're very guard heavy. Uh, and it just, we're gonna have to see how they, how it all shakes out because one of those guys has to play tackle or another of the, the young tackles emerge. Yeah. One, uh, and who, who are the young tackles that might yeah, emerge? Sorry, because- uh, Emil, Emil Wagner would, would certainly be one of them. Uh, Tosh Baker will be a red shirt junior next year. Uh, he is massive. He is absolutely very, very large. He's a guy that's a possibility uh, as well. I'd say those are the Wagner and Baker, the two uh, leading candidates that are currently tackles in order to replace Joe Alt. Well, it, it's been a great comfort with Joe Alt at that position for the better part of three years because it was his freshman year about halfway through that he he took over that position. And I, I think back when you're thinking about Joe Alt, Tim, I remember the first spring uh, practice that we I think it was the first one that the and the media was loud up in the viewing gallery and uh, I I think I took about 120 or 150 pictures of Joe Alt because I go wow look at that guy and at that time he was uh, considered to be a bit of a project but he was anything but he was he was he was ready to play college football from the first moment all right, we know that Sam Hartman definitely is not going to be back. That's the only thing we know for certain about this quarterback room. We assume that C.J. Carr will be coming in, uh, a highly touted freshman in in this class that will sign in late December. Uh, Steve Angeli, Kenny Minchie, and Marcus Freeman this week had another announcement to make about adding to that room. Uh, why is it important that Notre Dame have four scholarship quarterbacks? Well, because if you go into the <laughs> if you go into the spring with three, the guy that finishes number three coming out of the spring may leave. Yeah. So you can't go into a summer with two. You just you can't. Uh, and you know, theoretically, you could have you could sign somebody in you know December, or January, and have four, and two of them could leave after spring as well. But the you know the at the very least, you want to have four so that you have a little bit of a margin for air post-spring. Well, Sam uh, Hartman gone, but Marcus Freeman says he's going to continue that trend of bringing in a one-year transfer. He said that definitively in his press conference this past Monday. So 
Uh, first Jack Cohn, then Sam Hartman, and the third one in four years is likely going to be on his way. Let's talk about the 2024 schedule for a few moments. As it stands right now, the Irish will start the season August 31st at Texas A&M. And I think after all that money they're paying out, they'll still have a stadium there. Uh, then they'll play Northern Illinois and Miami of Ohio. Next, travel to Purdue at Navy in New Jersey. Four ACC teams Stanford and at USC, Tim, that's 11 games scheduled with three open weeks. What do we know about another game? And uh, this doesn't look like the toughest of all schedules. What are your thoughts? No, it's uh, it, it certainly doesn't look like this year's schedule. At Texas A&M will be a challenge regardless of the, the head coach. And then when you get into, into November, Florida State and, and USC are both going to be very good, I'm sure. Uh, but – they deserve a little bit of a break considering this year Louisville's on it too. And he got to play Louisville at Notre Dame, but uh, no, we anticipate army being the one that, that fills that 12th spot. You mentioned the three bye weeks. The last one uh, as of right now is the second to last game of the regular season. I think that's November 23rd. That's where we figure army army will be slotted. The game will be played in Yankee stadium, which means that Notre Dame will play, Navy in the Meadowlands shortly before that, and Army in Yankee Stadium shortly after that. Okay, two trips to the Big Apple for us. Uh, and once again, a season with two buys, which uh, uh, used to be a real oddity, but now that will be the second season in a row. Uh, Tim, thoughts on the Michigan-Jim Harbaugh situation? Does everybody do what Michigan was doing? Because that seems to be the the defense that Michigan tried to advance <laughs> Uh, to uh, the Big Ten, and that just doesn't jive with me. What do you think? Well, I, I, I doubt that the, they are the only one of 133 FBS teams that has done that, but they certainly took it to great extremes. Um, I see now where Jim Harbaugh has accepted a three-game suspension, which is not not an admission of guilt per se, but an acceptance that they weren't going to beat this. I find it I, I don't know what the word is. The Big Ten now will drop all further investigation into it. That's part of the, the deal that was struck uh, by by Harbaugh biting by the, the three-game suspension. I think that's crazy uh, because they did what they did. But uh, here we are, Phil, 2023. This is college football. Yeah, that along with a $77 million buyout of Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. And I just have to ask myself, what have we gotten into? Where will this insanity end? Well, let's talk about something a little uh, more reassuring and happy. Tim, this is the Thanksgiving edition question. Tim Priester, what is your favorite Thanksgiving Day side dish? And go. I got. I, I mean, I got to tell you, the first thing that pops to mind is Sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes. That's a Tim Priester specialty. I, that does ring a bell with me that you like those. And, of course, my favorite probably is the same one that I talked about a couple of years ago, and that is oyster dressing. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 393rd edition of Fighting Irish Preview. 
This is Art Salzberg. I don't speak for a lot of companies, but Shearer McCulloch is a firm that provides a great and much needed service. As Sharon and I get older, we've been thinking of moving, but frankly, the thought is somewhat overwhelming. That's where Shearer McCulloch comes in with a full service plan that takes the pressure off. Listen to this. Shearer McCulloch will sell your house, auction the items you don't want to take, then pack everything else and move you. In sports terms, that's a blowout win. Shearer McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They'll get top dollar for your special treasures. Shearer McCulloch is highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms, plus they're AAA with the Better Business Bureau. Call them at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. They'll make your moving experience easy and profitable. Shearer McCulloch. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. The company that designed ND Stadium, Osborne Engineering, was selected due to their experience in designing a couple of other well-known sports venues, Yankee Stadium and Fenway Park. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. Flight by Yingling is the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling. Available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. This is Fighting Irish Preview, the 19th-ranked Irish take on Wake Forest at home this week. TV coverage on NBC starts at 3.30 p.m. South Bend time, and it's now time for the all-time Irish hero, brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Mastercraft, Vanderbilt, and Premier Pontoons, new and previously owned, we share your boating passion. This season, we have been focusing on the best defensive players of the last 20 years. So far this season, we've talked about Harrison Smith, Manti Teo, Jalen Smith, Drew Tranquil, Aloy Gilman, Tavon Coney, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, Kyle Hamilton, Isaiah Foskey, and this week, Julian Love. Growing up in suburban Chicago, Notre Dame was Julian Love's dream school, and when an offer came in March of 2015 from Brian Kelly to come play cornerback for the Irish, he couldn't accept it fast enough. Love's impact at ND was immediate. As a freshman in 2016, his performance was one of the few bright things to come out of that season when the Irish struggled to a 4-8 record. He started eight games and played in all 12 and recorded an interception and a forced fumble along with 45 tackles, one of the top marks in school history for a freshman. He broke out his sophomore season with a school record 20 pass breakups and had 23 passes defended and three interceptions, two of the pick six variety. Also impressive was the run defense support he provided, recording 68 tackles, fifth best on the team, And against the Navy option that year, he had an impressive 14 stops. After all that, it became apparent that his third season was likely to be his final one as the NFL was calling. In 2018, he once again was a pass breakup and tackling machine as the Irish rolled to the college football playoff. 
With 15 more pass breakups, he broke the all-time Notre Dame career record. In the season finale against USC, he recorded 12 tackles as the Irish clinched an undefeated regular season. Julian Love earned consensus All-American recognition for his 2018 performance. Tim, Julian Love's ability to break up passes was simply remarkable. Well, he was a great college cornerback. There's there's no doubt about it. And and really, when you think about, you know, Notre Dame tight ends and, and quarterbacks and running backs, and you, you don't really you don't generally think about cornerbacks, great Notre Dame cornerbacks, cover cornerbacks, man to man press. They haven't had a ton of guys just like that. But uh Julian Love was great. He was tremendous. His ball skills were tremendous, his change of direction was outstanding. Twenty twenty-three passes defense in a year is ridiculous. Truly one of the great cornerbacks in Notre Dame history, and I think Benjamin Morrison's in the process of putting his name on that list as well. Yeah, good comparison. Uh, Julian Love was selected in the fourth round of the 2019 NFL Draft and started for the New York Giants for four seasons. He became a free agent after last season and now patrols the secondary for the Seattle Seahawks. Julian Love, another Marina at Lake Gage, all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish victory. Head coach Dave Clawson is in his 10th season at Wake Forest, and 2023 has been a struggle. After a lackluster 26-6 loss at home last week to North Carolina State, their season record fell to 4-6. and six. That loss was their third straight. Their only win since starting the season at 3-0 was on October 21st in a win over Pitt, 21-17. to Averaging just 20.5 points per game, which ranks a lowly 110th nationally, Wake's slow-mesh offense has struggled to replace Sam Hartman. Sophomore Mitch Griffiths has seen most of the snaps, but sophomore Santino Marucci and junior Michael Kern have seen meaningful snaps at all. In last week's loss, Griffiths was benched in the second quarter in favor of Kern, who finished the game 14 of 26 for 137 yards, a touchdown and an interception. And then earlier this week, Kern was announced as the starter for this Saturday. Kern's in his fifth year. In 15 game appearances uh, over the years, he has completed 52 of 90 passes for 679 yards with two scores and one interception. Wake's quarterbacks have been sacked 43 times, one of the worst marks nationally. Sophomore Damon Claiborne leads Wake with 586 yards on 137 carries. Junior Justice Ellison has added 447 yards on 94 carries. Ellison broke one carry for 51 yards against Florida State. The Deacons have four solid receivers. Jamal Banks leads the group with 47 catches, uh, 528 yards, and three touchdowns. Turnovers have been a problem area for Wake with 10 interceptions and 10 lost fumbles. They are 117th nationally in protecting the football. As challenged as the Deacon offense has been, the defense has been serviceable. Only fourth-ranked Florida State has exceeded 30 points in a game. Against the pass, Wake is 61st nationally, and against the run, they are 62nd. Edge rusher Jasheen Davis has an NFL future and leads the team with seven and a half sacks, 14 tackles for loss, and 10 quarterback hurries. Tim, Dave Clawson has taken the Demon Deacons to bowl games for the last seven years in a row. But the only chance of that streak continuing would have to include an upset of the Irish this week. So, Tim Priester, what is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? 
Yeah, this is Phil. This is the the tenth year of Dave Claus, and it'll be the first time that he loses as many as seven games. He's been great for Wake Forest. You know, the expectations are are kind of limited, and I think he's exceeded them most of the time. But I really think that this just comes down to protecting the football, as you mentioned, the turnovers for Wake Forest. Nordin can't lose that battle, and then finishing in the red zone. Nordin's been good in the red zone offensively, and Wake Forest defense has been exceptional in the red zone as well. So that's a that's a key matchup, but I just think that if Nordane plays a clean game, you know, no pick sixes like he had at Clemson, stuff like that, um, Nordane's going to win this football game. Play a clean game and, and finish drives, I think. Do well in the red zone, and, and Notre Dame's been pretty good at that this year. Those are Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage Keys to an Irish Victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage Key player for the Irish? Well, you mentioned Michael Kern as being the starting quarterback, and 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 really of the three quarterbacks, I found him to to probably throw the best ball. So he's he's uh, he's going to be a challenge, but uh, he he's going to have to throw the football a lot against Notre Dame's defense because although I like Wake's running backs, I think they're going to struggle uh, to run the football. So they're going to put the ball up in the air, and it's only right that Cam Hart in his last game in Notre Dame Stadium. Comes up with a pick, and I'm going to say Phil is going to be a pick six. Cam Hart. All right, Cam Hart. uh, Look for him to have a big game on senior day, and he is your Aspen Mortgage Key Irish player this week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the injury report brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy, your choice for physical therapy now with 22 Indiana locations. Tim, how are the Irish health-wise going into game 11? Some good news well, on one the, of the receivers and some question marks on the offensive line. Yeah, they're gonna, they'll are gonna they have two new starters in the offensive line. Zeke Corral is still in concussion protocol. He's not ready to go. So Ashton Craig will start at center. And then Billy Shrouth, the highly touted Billy Shrouth, will uh, will fill, fill in for Rocco Spindler. Rocco Spindler suffered a, a torn MCL. He's out for the rest of the year. But it's not an ACL, so that's good news. His recovery should be better. Luke Telich, a walk-on who will be put on scholarship fairly soon, has been a regular member of their coverage teams. He suffered a broker, broken collarbone during the bye week, so he's out. And then Andrew Kristoffic, uh, so they'll try to get him back. He's the one that came in for Corral when he was concussed, and then he suffered an ankle injury. So a little bit of a uh, rash of injuries there on the offensive line. Matt Salerno, the Notre Dame Slot receiver uh, is expected back soon. I'm not sure it's going to be this week, but it probably will be at Stanford. Okay, well, that's good news for Matt Salerno to be able to get back on the field. Thanks, Tim, and that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world-famous IrishIllustrated.com prediction brought to you by SES Environmental. Need help navigating environmental risk and with regulatory compliance? You need SES. Look them up at sesadvantage.com. Tim Priester, uh, Vegas says the Irish by 24 and a half. So what does America's foremost authority say? Uh, 24 and a half seems like a, a, a lot to me, uh, especially since Wake Forest defense has been pretty good. As you mentioned, when you were t- recapping their season, they've only given up 30 more than once, and that was to Florida State. So they're formidable uh, with Notre Dame's offense kind of hit and miss these days. More miss than hit, really. Um, I, I think Notre Dame has a little trouble scoring, but not as much as Wake Forest. I don't see Wake Forest getting in the end zone. Uh, if they do, it's going to be Demond Claiborne snapping off a, 
a touchdown run, but I think Michael Kern struggles, throws a couple interceptions. Notre Dame defense does a great job of holding Wake Forest down and keeping them out of the end zone. I have Notre Dame 30, Wake Forest 6. Notre Dame 30, Wake Forest 6. That is Tim Priester's world-famous irishillustrated.com prediction. Tim, we're on the same page here. Unless we see a barrage of funny bounces, I expect a senior day rebound by the Irish, especially from Sam Hartman. I just expect Sam Hartman to go out and have a really good game against his old teammates. Notre Dame 34, Wake Forest 10. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Brett Rump, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. For more Fighting Irish Preview, check out FightingIrishPreview.com and also listen to and subscribe to our podcast, available on all podcast platforms. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media.